Welcome to the Itty Bitty Podcast. I'm your host, Perry Phillips, and because I've killed so many brain cells, I feel like I'm getting dumber as I'm getting older. So the podcast is a great way to learn more about the things that I love. So each week we take a look at topics from the world of pop culture, including music, shout out to hip hop, movies, sports, comic books, video games, psychedelics, cannabis, and more. And the format might not always remain the same from week to week. I'm all over the place. What can I say? And I love the idea of a podcast that changes and grows with our listeners. So before we get too far, if you're listening so far, head over to ittybittypodcast.com to subscribe to the show on the platform of your choice. And make sure to say hi to us on social media. It's pretty much at ittybittypodcast for everything. Um, Without further ado, man, the Itty Bitty Podcast is anything but itty bitty so let's get it going what's going on itty bitty podcast it's 34th episode and we just did our new intro again so i think it's like our third week doing that this week on the show we're talking with steve casino who is a toy inventor toy collector artist um kind of all over the place it was really interesting conversation his instagram page is crazy if you haven't seen his artwork go check it out we love pop culture on this show so if you're a huge fan of pop culture do yourself a favor check it out before you listen to this episode take two seconds so you kind of get an idea of what we're talking about and go check it out yeah steve casino on instagram um we got into we talked about old video games we talked about pop culture we talked about you know nostalgia beating the horse to death so we kind of got into a bunch of different topics on this week's episode i thought it was a very informative a lot of interesting stuff and i think you're going to enjoy it but remember this is not a podcast about crazy unique pop culture artwork it's the itty bitty podcast it's anything but and it starts now Welcome to the Itty Bitty Podcast! Steve Casino, welcome to the Itty Bitty Podcast. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to hang out with me today. Um, I was drawn to your Instagram page because you you have a lot of unique artwork, and we like to celebrate pop culture on this podcast. And we usually like to look at people who kind of do stuff that isn't really you know mainstream or you don't see it uh, everywhere. So uh, at first, when I saw you, one of the first videos I I pulled up on your Instagram page was you kind of. Uh, knocking out a little piece of an old school NES cartridge and my heart kind of dropped at first and then once I saw the finished product <laughs> I was like I was amazed so why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself um, and kind of if you if you if you're listening to this podcast stop and go check out Steve Casino's Instagram page and check out his artwork so you know what I'm talking about it's really awesome so Steve kind of tell us a little bit about yourself you know your background in pop culture and you know um, yeah why don't you start there uh, okay. So I'm a toy inventor by trade. So I've 
always been into toys and, and collectibles and things like that. I also collect old toys. So I, I have a pretty broad knowledge of, of, you know, the last 50 years of pop culture. And, uh, I, since I was a kid, I, I always liked doing caricatures. And I remember like my oldest, earliest memory of like doing art was like drawing my mother when I was in kindergarten. And I did like a three panel comic strip of her being hung. <laughs> kind of morbid. <laughs> How old were you when you did that? Uh, five. Five. Oh, jeez. I was really proud of myself because she had worry lines between her uh, eyebrows. And I really, you, I you were proud of the it. detail? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So always into Sick. art young? Uh, what, pardon me? You were into art, art young then. You got into it yes. very young. Yeah. So what kind of came first? Was it your love of pop culture or your love of art? Were you like, you know, a kid that was into a lot of pop culture stuff and that kind of drew you to art or were you into art first and then you kind of got into, you know, toys and all that stuff? No, probably pop culture. Pop um, culture. Like Peanuts, the comic strip. Uh, I really liked comic strips as a kid. Yeah. That was probably, you know, I was way into cartoons like Hanna-Barbera and things like that. Like even... You know, most kids didn't know like who made their cartoons, but I knew like you know who the producers were and things like that. I was like, kind of psychotic about it. I was kind of weird and, like uh, that too. <laughs> so yeah, you liked, like like the Sunday so, funnies and stuff. Yes. Yeah. And then I was really into toys. Like I would get the catalogs, like you know Toys R Us or Pennies or Sears, and just study them. I mean, this is before YouTube, where you could watch every commercial ever right. made. And I would just like, I knew every toy because I, I knew what it did. I read the descriptions. I, you know, so that really got me prepped for a career in toys, even though I didn't know I was doing it at the time. So what type of toys were you into when you were first getting started? Uh, like, I really like Mego, like those early action figures. The Migos, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like those. Ones. And probably before that, like Evil Knievel was really early when I was young. Evil Knievel. And he was like, <laughs> yeah, he was like a superhero, you know, but he was a real person. Right. Yeah, they did the what was his what was the guy's name? They the, the new Toy Story movie. I just watched it the other day. That's what's fresh in my oh, mind. Yeah. They had that guy who's <laughs> supposed to be like the evil Duke Kaboom or something, I think was his name. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it was hilarious. Immediately brought me back to my childhood and evil Knievel and like yeah, him just doing all that those crazy stunts and stuff that you just don't really see that stuff anymore. It's just hard to kind of top that stuff. Um so right. it, it was the most amazing toy ever made because it had a gyro in it. You crank it, and the harder you crank it, the faster it would go. So you got a direct payoff, <laughs> right? You know? Like the the hard work instantly pays off with how fast you can get your toy yeah, to yeah. smash into the wall. Yeah, my right arm was huge, <laughs> and I hadn't even discovered masturbation yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit more. So you, you you're a toy inventor as well, and so. What what do you the, now the the work that you have on your Instagram page? What would that would you consider that artwork or would you consider that like what do you consider that? Oh, that's artwork. That's artwork, and that that that's kind of an offshoot. You know, it's like I develop all these skills creating toys, and then I go backwards and I do it for art, right. and and then I take it forward and I use it for toys again. So it just kind of feeds off. You know, one feeds off the other. Now, what's the process like when you're inventing a toy? Like, what's how does that get started? Well, I, I work at, a, at like a think tank, and we're all we're all kind of like-minded people. It's like some people are experts at building prototypes, and and I'm good at coming up with the initial concept, and and we sit around and brainstorm, 
and we do a lot of stuff for Hasbro and Mattel and you know, Spin Master and big toy companies. It's really, really hard, but we, we've been doing it so long that we've gotten pretty good at it. So it's basically we come up with the idea, we build a prototype, we show it to them and, you know, it's not that simple, but they, they decide if they're going to actually make it or license it. Or we do it specifically for someone's business like Barbie. We'll come up with like a new amazing Barbie mechanism. Yeah, I've talked like about that. on this podcast before with with certain guests. It's kind of crazy how many toys you didn't realize were advertisements and vice versa. You go back right. to like, you know, like the old He-Man toys or like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's like a lot of those were just a means to sell other products <laughs> yeah just a long commercial yeah but it's like i mean there's it's a it's a good goddamn commercial i mean i had tons of those <laughs> toys back in the day uh, yeah. so it's yeah it's one of those things that i just i'm a, i'm a big toy geek i love toys i like to geek out on toys and so i like to learn a lot about you know the history of toys and how they they were made and so what was like one of the first toys that you kind of one of the first ideas you kind of came up with and how did you come up with it uh, one of the biggest, uh, probably early in my career was this thing called Diva Stars. And it was, I don't know if you've ever heard of Bratz, the Bratz dolls. Yeah, I've seen those. So D- D- Diva Stars was like the inspiration for Bratz. Okay. And it was an animatronic doll. And it was pretty cool because you had these four dolls and they would talk to each other and they would look at, e- you know, they'd, they'd turn their heads and look at each other and talk. And Mattel put it out and that, that, it was like a big hit, but everyone seemed to, they forgot about it after Bratz, but it was kind of like Furby as a doll. Oh, okay. So like, yeah, yeah. And so it, it terrifying. Came out cool. And it, it, yeah, the initial concept was <laughs> you had these four dolls and like you, they'd be talking and you'd take one away and the other ones would talk about the one that wasn't there. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, did you see her hair? Oh my God. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that, that, that was what uh, Mattel bought. That was the concept. That's they, they really bought into it, and then they made it nice and took that out of it. But so, what was a and, to, what was like and, a toy back in the day that you like? What was a toy that you were wanted but you never got to add it to your collection? Like a stretch, the original Stretch Armstrong. Original Stretch Armstrong. Yeah. I think I, I did get one later those. that I paid like twelve hundred dollars for, but but I, when I was a kid, I didn't get it. I had an original really Stretch Armstrong it. when I was a kid. You had one. I had one, yeah, and I, uh-huh. I, I can't remember what happened, but I, I punctured it or something, and it lost yeah, all that sure. st- whatever that stuff was inside that made him stretchy, and it was yeah, just it's corn syrup. Corn syrup is that what's inside of it? <laughs> yeah. What makes is it just corn syrup? Yeah, just corn syrup. It had a little dye, red dye in it or something. I so it kind of looked about, like blood when it leaked out of him. I haven't thought about Stretch Armstrong in forever. What what was what was his deal? Was he a um, I can't remember. What was his deal? Was he like uh, an advertisement for something? Did he have his own series or no, something? Or was he just a no, toy? No, no. It was, it was from Kenner. It was an invention by someone. And I remember I was I was pretty young when I saw that first commercial. My head exploded. I'm like, how is this thing stretching? You know. And then, then I I saw it at the store and it's like, ah, that thing's kind of huge. <laughs> and, it's, and it's like, it doesn't have any definition. Like his, his fists were like kind of lumps, mm-hmm. you know. So it wasn't as appealing as in the commercial, but my, my brother ended up getting Stretch Monster. Stretch Monster. I, I remember that. I remember they had the first Stretch Armstrong, and then they started. I don't even remember how many they came up with after that, but I just remember. I only really remember the original one. I don't remember any of the the other bad guys or anything. I remember Street Sharks. That was one 
big one that I had all oh, yeah. of. And then there was a what was that movie that came out? They had really cool toys, but the movie was terrible. It was like Warriors or Virtue or something like that. But the toys were really oh, cool. I, like actually, these kangaroos. I actually worked on that. Did you? I worked on it. I actually I flew to the set of China to work on that movie to develop toys. Did you really? I, it was the first yeah, it was the first mainland production of uh, in China of a movie from America in in like years. Those and, toys uh, yeah, were this, so uh, cool. Like I was so so yeah. into those cool those toys. Um I think I had I don't I think I liked the toys more <laughs> than I even liked the movie. Um but yeah, those toys were awesome. It was just you didn't see like Yeah, I, I found the movie unwatchable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I watched it when I was a kid. I can't I if I went back and watched it now, I it would probably be awful. But I just remember. Yeah, I could, like, I could tell you crazy movie. stories about that movie because, like, the people who made it, the producers, they're, they're just the Law Brothers. They're this, these wealthy doctors, and they decided to invest in a film. They wanted to make their own turtles. Is that what it and, was? Yeah, and it was highly uncreative. But the people working on it were creative. It, it was just, there's way too many cooks. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I, yeah, it was cool. I, that was my first, like, I never traveled outside of the country. And it was like a Thursday, and they said, "Hey, on Monday you're going to China." Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> yeah. So how so, is like how is it, how does it work when you're working on a toy for a movie? Is it like they have all these guidelines, and it has to be like how do they get it to? I know that now they have computer imaging and all that stuff to make it kind of accurate and detailed. But back then, I'm sure you had to get a pretty accurate model of of what the toy looked like for them to you know put it out on the market. How, how did you guys yeah, manage yeah, that? You had to use actual computer? sculptors. Sculptors. Yeah, I'm pretty. I can't remember. I think the sculptor on that was this guy Rudy, uh, Rudy Vap, who who he actually worked on the original Star Wars toys, and then he worked on Spawn, like the first Spawn mm. line. But, Spawn yeah, toys are cool yeah. too. Yeah, what what happened was the company I worked for kind of went bust in the middle of that. So <laughs> the toys <laughs> ended up being made by we did all the development, but the toys ended up being made by like some company that the producers of the film just kind of formed. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So what's I know that you've got some artwork that you kind of switching up the set. We go all over. I'm I'm kind of a stoner, so I'm yeah, gonna, sure. I apologize. Yeah, oh no, that's fine. <laughs> um I'm kind of tired. No, I, I hear you. I got to bed late last night, and my wife gets home in the morning, and I didn't. I couldn't fall asleep after she got home. Um, oh, that's. But I was gonna ask you about. I, I was really digging the like the fact that you use peanuts in your artwork. So can you tell me a little bit more about how that got started and how how you got into using peanuts as as like sure. Art? Yeah. Okay. That was my first like art thing, foray into art. And it was probably like seven years ago, seven maybe years. six years ago. And it was just, I started drawing caricatures onto peanuts because they looked like people, mm-hmm. you know, that the head and the torso. Yeah. And, and, and then I'm like, this is really cool. Cause I'm really into music and I, I, I love the Ramones. I love punk bands and sex pistol, you know, just old, the clash, whoever I, and and I just started making all my favorite rock stars out of peanuts, and and it, this is like pre Instagram, pre I mean, Facebook was kind of just starting, and and I, you couldn't actually have like an art page, so I would just put it on my personal page. I just put these peanuts up there, and people like really responded well, and I just kept doing more and more, and then it just got more attention, and then 
someone shared it and it just it went like very viral like crazy all over the world you know i was getting calls from europe and interviews and i was on good morning america it was oh, nice. just crazy yeah it's just like totally unexpected it's like like life changed like you know in a week just because of peanuts so that, huh yeah and that gave me a lot of confidence to just keep doing more and you know so if it hadn't been for that you know it wouldn't be where i am now i mean i feel like there's got to be a good deal of like confidence building to to put your effort and time into something and then to put it out there for everybody to see, I mean, you gotta, right. it's gotta be, I mean, you gotta have to build up that confidence. Um, how do you, how do you kind of deal with, with that when you're trying to, when you are going to put a piece of artwork out, is it like you just automatic now, you don't even think about it or is it like, Oh, maybe I won't put this one up or do you still get that kind of right, yeah, self-confidence? I, I, I do that. Well, the confidence is built now because it just people are paying me for it. So it's like if they're paying me for it, I, you know, it must be good enough. That, Money talks, you know, right? For that. Yeah, exactly. They're not going to pay me if it, it sucks. So I most of the stuff I post now are, are commissions because I don't have time to just sit around and, you know, make up the next peanut. <laughs> but uh it, but occasionally, like I, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing collaborations with other artists and, you know, I, I try to keep doing like personal projects but mostly it's just things i'm getting paid for and which is fine because sometimes it leads me down a path that i wouldn't have gone down like you know i'm trying to think like uh just recently somebody had oh some woman hired me to make a crayfish out of peanuts oh nice and it's just like yeah and i was just like random stuff you know like that, yeah. but it sounds yeah it sounds random it's because i'm you know i'm used to painting faces and I'm like, how do I do that? So it took me out of my comfort zone and it came out really, really good. And it's actually one of the most popular things I posted in, in months. And then that I probably mean, opens you up to a whole nother section right. of people that wouldn't necessarily be interested in like, say your pop culture stuff. They might. Right. Not, exactly. That's awesome. Um, yeah. It looks like some weird thing that would be in a natural history museum. <laughs> and it's like, I, I didn't know when I started what it would look like when it, I finished, but you know, it just. It looked pretty cool. So now, do you ever worry that you're going to run out of old NES cartridges for, or like <laughs> 64 cartridges? Where did so where do those come from when you're getting those? <laughs> uh, so back in the shit, the late 90s, you know, I I would just go to yard sales and buy tons of them because oh, I, I right. love it. I, I mean, like first and foremost, I, I love NES and Nintendo, and uh, so I just had piles of them. And people actually send them to me now for free. Also, so like somebody just sent me two vintage Game Boys and um, a Sega. So it's just like I'm not gonna run out anytime soon. No. I have tons. I have a gold Zelda, like one of the gold Zelda cartridges that I don't uh-huh. think I don't think it works. I got it at like for like two bucks at a garage sale. I'm like, it's two bucks. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And I could never get it to work, but it looks cool. <laughs> oh, so that those actually have a battery in them, so the battery just needs to be replaced. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like a watch battery inside. I did not know that, so I can. Well, I didn't know that until I, I cut one open. I found out that there's batteries inside the actual cartridges. Yeah, because it helps you save whatever you know mode you're in. Or... I didn't realize that. We're always learning stuff on this show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, what's like the weirdest? 
thing that you've been inspired by or like what's the weirdest thing that you th- or think that you've created like that somebody would kind of look at that and go well, that's out there uh probably some of those wooden toys that i make wooden toys. um like i had a, I had a rolling eyeball that like it's basically it's just giant eyeball that you put it on this base and you pulled it and it rolled and it did you know the whole bloodshot eye spun 360 mm. and you know it's just like i i really like old old toys and old i, I love toys that do things right. so i like i make these wooden pool toys that are animated and i've made like sh- pretty strange ones like i made one for the office uh, with Michael Scott and uh, Dwight in, in, in a car from a certain episode where they drove the car into the lake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very specific and things like that. Um, I'm just always, what, what? Oh, I made this Jackson Pollock toy and it's called the Pocket Pollock. And it's like highly unnecessary because, you know, he just dripped paint on a canvas, but right. this is an actual toy that drips the paint for you. Oh, what? Yeah. So how does that work? <laughs> so, so it looks like a, a tall wooden figure of Jackson Pollock and you grab one arm and you dip the paint and then the, you spin his other arm and, and he just like flings paint at a canvas. Hmm. Um, <laughs> that's interesting. So it just, so anybody can make their own little Jackson Pollock with it. Yeah. Well, it's a joke because it's high, You don't need it. You don't need the toy to right. actually do that. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's like a commercialism uh, joke. So I've I spend a little bit of time on social media and stuff, and I I kind of see this a lot, and I'm sure you probably get it a lot as an artist. But people like wanting free shit, like the, oh yeah, I just I I can never understand why. And I do a free podcast, but it's just like I don't I just don't understand why people would expect like you to take your time to make something, and then like not get anything back for it. I just, hmm. that, that blows my mind and I see it a lot and people don't understand, I guess what, like, I don't, I don't, I just don't get it. Um, well, I guess what's your, t- what's your take on that? You probably experience it uh, all the time. Well, I, yeah, I, I get it a lot and people just say, Hey, why don't you do like, they'll see me do a cartridge and they'll say they, they'll want me to do their favorite game, but they don't want me to pay me. They just think that I should go, Oh yeah, I'll make your favorite game just because you want it. Right. You know? But because it's their favorite. There are, um, Sometimes like little kids will write me and ask for free stuff and I actually send it to them mm. you know, because I, I kind of like do a little, you know, research and find out that they're actually a little kid and not some adult pretending to be one. So I have sent some free artwork to kids around the world. That's cool. Cause <laughs> I mean, I feel like that that's, if you're giving free stuff to kids, it's, yeah, it might one inspire them to be a better person and Two, you know, that might be some. You might inspire the next big artist because you gave them a free piece of artwork, and right, it would it would blow my mind if you know when I was a little kid, some artist sent me artwork. So right, hopefully I'm for them. You hear your there, name mentioned someday I'm, on TV by some some artist, and they're they're <laughs> like, yeah, Steve gave me this piece oh, yeah. of artwork when I was a kid, and <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Uh, um, no, there's some artists on there. I'm trying to look them up real quick. Uh, He's on Instagram and he does the funniest thing where people will, will ask him for free artwork and he does like stick figures of them. Mm. And he's an, he's an amazing artist. But when, when people ask for free stuff, he just does like horrible drawings of it. And then he posts it. And that's that's actually the most popular thing he's ever done online is are those funny stick drawings. Figures. 
like aside from his actual artwork. Right. It's kind of like a a nice little way to get not stick it to people who want free shit, but (laughs) yeah, it's it's hilarious. He's just like pissing on them. Right. What are some of the challenges that you found as far as being an artist? Like aside from you know people asking for free shit, like what are some of the the, (laughs) the issues or troubles you have on a daily basis? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's weird because it's it's worked out pretty well for me. But I, I've had people, just like assholes, who who hire me and they, you know, they'll want something and I'll do it and they'll just say, "Well, that doesn't look like me" or "That doesn't look like that." And it's like, you know, it's like I I don't really get complaints because I, my likenesses are pretty good, and it's like I'm going by photographs that they sent me or or something. So I've had people like mess around with me. And I, and I thought about retaliating, like doing a video of me burning their artwork, <laughs> but I just thought that was kind of vindictive and petty. Eh. So I, I have a small pile of artwork in the corner of my studio where people didn't pay me for it. Oh, really? And I don't know what to do with it. Very hmm. small, like three pieces out of like hundreds. Hmm. I mean, it's not something that you can, is it something that was personalized? Yes, it was like some oh, dude like who's like a Coca-Cola collector and he had me sculpt him inside a Coke bottle and <laughs> and then, you know, I got half up front but I never gave him the rest and uh, I never gave him his piece because uh, he's being a dick. <laughs> yeah, hey, I mean, if you're not going to pay somebody for their work, I mean, what do you expect? Yeah, well, the, the, the thing is sometimes it's hard medicine to swallow if you're not the most attractive person in the world and I do an artwork of you. Yeah. <laughs> so, is, know, it, is that how a lot of people reason, find out that they're ugly yeah, yeah. they're like do, do yeah, a character i mean there's a reason yeah there's a reason i've never made artwork of myself oh <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, shoot yeah i i if you're paying an artist to draw you you know i can just gotta, picture gotta, that that moment when somebody yeah, you gotta just understand how he sees you right right i mean you gotta have a little bit of an ego to want somebody to pay like i could never have somebody paint a picture of me and then like commission a painting of myself and then put it up in like my living room. I just feel like that would be weird. I'd be like, no, I would never do it in a million years. <laughs> yeah. I, I would do it if it would, it was like weird. Like if it, if it was me with like the, doing the Buffalo Bill tuck, um, <laughs> yeah. just, you know, just like something. George Costanza. Yeah. <laughs> laying their shirtless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was he on a bear skin rug on that one? I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Something tasteful. But, you know, so the where I'm just staring at my guests the entire time they're hanging out in my living room. Uh, <laughs> Enjoying fuel. <laughs> um, I want to, I, I know we keep going all over the place, but I want to talk more about collecting toys. Um, so are you currently co- collecting toys? And like, what's, what are some of the toys that you are collecting now and in the past? I do like, I still do it. I do like mini collections. I, I used to, at one point, I had this huge collection of like robots from the 50s and 60s. And, and I just got kind of bored with that. And then at one point, I was trying to collect every toy, you know, like Stretch Armstrong that I never got as a kid. And it's like, now I have money so I can buy whatever I want. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I did that for a while. I got bored with that. And now it's just like, like, uh, one of my favorite collections I have is slime, like, and it's slime from Mattel. Mm. Slime came out in like 1976 and it was like a new invention and it came in a garbage can and they're really like to find one sealed and you know, with the slime still in it, they're super rare. 
they're like 500 bucks a pop. And I've been collecting slime, you know, slime with worm. Mattel had a good run where they had slime with eyeballs, slime with worms. And this is all in the seventies. And, and so I have all of those and now I'm looking for international ones. Cause like in Spain, it was called Blondie Blub. Blondie. <laughs> and Mattel made it, made it called Blondie Blub over there. So I'm trying to find Blondie Blub. So I'd be, it's very specific. I'd be afraid to open that first. The original yeah. slime, it's probably like all radioactive. God knows what they put into it. They're just like, ah, oh, fuck it. It's for kids. Let's throw whatever in it. They'll be fine. Yeah, it's it's a uh, phlegm, actual phlegm. <laughs> the, yeah, the CEO of the company just blew snot rockets into. into... <laughs> yeah, they're using chick, sick children in factories to make the slime. <laughs> well, now we know where coronavirus came from. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, I was leading up to that. <laughs> so, do you? I, I'm, I'm both obsessed and annoyed by things like Funko Pops because while it's awesome, because they, I mean, you can get a Funko of any, like your favorite character of anything. So you can get all types right. of different characters and and collections, and but it's almost like there's too much. Like it's just it's oversaturation and you just kind of see them everywhere. And then I feel like it's going to be like that for a couple of years. And then you just, they're just going to be on the clearance rack everywhere. Um, how do you feel about like trends and stuff in toys? Like, you know, like Funko and, and all that. Uh, it's funny because I was talking about this subject with my friend yesterday, who's also a collector. And it's just, it just seems like nobody will let anything rest, you know, mm. like, uh, how many times does 90210 have to come out again as a right. show? You know, it's like right. people, it's like it, it was good when it came out and pe- there's always, you know, someone lining up to make money from something that someone's nostalgia. And it just, it just, there, there's a whole, before the whole nostalgia craze started, there was this whole period of time where nobody gave a shit about the Brady Bunch or, or thing, you know, Bob Ross or whatever. And, and now it's just like, there's nothing no stone that hasn't been overturned right. with some obscure punky Brewster, you know, crap that someone's trying to make a buck out of. So it's just like, hopefully someday it'll rest, but I don't see an end to it. I know I'm a, a I love, love the incredible Hulk. And so I've got, I think I've got like six different Funko pop Hulks. Um, and mm-hmm. that's just ba- like that barely scratches the surface of what they have for the Incredible Hulk and like uh, any character that's that's popular like that. It's just they have. So, yeah, well, just- well, the good, yeah. The good thing about the Hulk, though, he's still relevant. They're still making really good content with him. Right. You know, he's not so, he's not some crap old nostalgia thing. Yeah. That nobody cares about. How do you feel about the new Ghostbusters? The, the one that's going to be coming out. I don't know if it's this year or next year. Um, with the kid from Stranger Things, and I think it's got <laughs> some of the original characters from the movie. Yeah, I don't know much about. I don't it. know. I don't know. I mean, I ho- we we actually developed all the toys for the last one with the women. Mm-hmm. I didn't and see that. that one. You know, that was, it was a huge bust. Yeah, really? You don't say. <laughs> but we we put that we put that toy line together in a, about a month for Mattel. And it was, uh, you know, the, it was a pretty good toy line. The, the toys actually sold pretty well, but nobody yeah. cared about the film. But yeah. as far as as far as the uh, the new one, it's like hopefully it's good. I mean, basically, if it's a good story, you know, compelling, then I'll see it. But you know, I it's for cashing in on Ghostbusters just because people want Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't, 
you know, it, it better be good. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's the, the original director's son is directing it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Jason Reitman or Jason one Reitman, of the Reitmans. Yeah. yeah. Is that um, it? I think that, I think you're right. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't look stuff up on this show. We're, we're very, <laughs> we're very, uh, very much just like, if we'll just guess and then you can look it up for yourself. Um, I'm trying to think of some other stuff that, because that's a good, that's it, a good topic of conversation. Yeah, all that, all that stuff is usually like, uh, it's it's all about the Comic Con trailer, and it's all, right. all about the enthusiasm of all those people in that that hall at Comic Con, like cheering because the Ecto One is in the thing, you know. And it's like, but the, now you have to actually have, make a movie that you know, is is good. I went and saw the Jane Silent Bob reboot Roadshow back in December, or January. I can't remember what, when it was in Seattle, and. He, he actually did, I thought that movie did a really good job of kind of poking fun at not only himself but that whole culture of you know like you said you can't let anything rest and bringing back you know and rebooting everything and bringing back new versions of characters and um, so I thought that movie did a really good job since we're talking about that um, of kind of touching on that subject um, because it is, it's a lot right now. Everything is just, everything that you're seeing is stuff that's, that's from, that's been done before. So I feel like if you have a really good, unique idea and you can kind of get people behind it, I feel like it's wide open for, for new stories and new IP. Right, exactly. And, or, or just, just make up something entirely new. I mean, that, that's the heart, you know, at one point there was no Ghostbusters. It didn't exist. Exactly. Then, right. You know. And someone made it up. So make up something new. Don't mind the old the past because it's like, oh, there's a you know certain selling at Walmart because Walmart you know wants Ghostbusters items. Yeah. Are you a it's gamer like at all? Stuff is, what's that? Are you a gamer currently? I know. Uh, sorry to switch. No, switch. I I am, but I actually had to I had to make a decision at one point if I wanted to be an artist or or play games because it it just took up too much time. I know. I have a rule so, that I only play at <laughs> night, like for a couple of hours, and then I'm done. I can't, and I don't even play it every day like I used to. I try to. It's if if you let that consume you, you can sit there for hours playing games. Exactly. And just get lost in it. I played a lot of Resident Evil Four, you know, like yeah, staying up for 24 hours at a time playing it. Well, the reason I was asking is because <laughs> since we're talking about you know new IPs and new property properties and stuff. Uh, game i recently played which was pretty hyped up was a death stranding um i don't know if you know anything about death stranding but it's a hideo kojima game it was his first big game after leaving um what was it kojima or what was this i can't remember who makes metal gear solid but it was the first 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 big project after that and so a lot of people were skeptical or weren't sure what to expect and they did a really good job like not telling you pretty much anything about the game and kind of building that anticipation and making you learn about the game. And, and, and a lot of people have received it really well and it's a brand new IP brand new. It's not reinvent. It's not bringing back any old, you know, any old stories, any old characters, it's all new stuff. And it seems like it's going to, you know, be a hit and they'll probably make more games like that. So I don't know why a lot of people don't take risks on new projects rather than reboot old projects. It just kind of right, seems. right. I mean, I noticed that from the game industry, there's a lot more creativity. And I mean, you know, I've been to you know the what, NES. Is that what it's called? 
Well, no, not NES. What's what's the show in Vegas with the video game? Is it E3? E3. I've E3. been to E3, and it's you see like, you know, you see one original thing, and then you see twelve things that look like it, you know. But at the same time, it's like you know, games like Cuphead. It's like wow, that you know, taking like nineteen twenties cartoons and making a game out of it. It's, mm-hmm. it's a good idea. Really good look. You know, it's fresh. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I, I think, you know, and, and then, then you have that and then there's the Cuphead movie that follows. It just seems like it's start, things start in video games, you know, better than uh, they do films these days. Yeah. And I think if you redo a game too, it's more like I just played the, the demo for the new Final Fantasy VII remake. And Final Fantasy VII was one of my favorite games as a kid. And playing the, the remake, the demo... It's like, it's a, it's an almost an entirely new game, but it's not. It's like it feels very much the same as the old game. You get a lot of the same, um, you know, feeling that you get when you played that old one. Um, but I feel like games are, if you're going to remake anything, games are the way to go because you get better technology. You're getting, uh, you know, the gameplay mechanics are a lot of times a lot better. So I think I think games are one one area where I I kind of give them a little bit of slack for for rebooting and stuff. No, and definitely, and and I think with games, it's like you really get your money's worth. Like I used to read comic books, and then it got to the point where a comic book's like five dollars now or six, you know, and it's like you get about fifteen minutes of pleasure out of it, and then, then right. it's done. But if a video game, you just play forever, mm-hmm. you know, hours and hours, and it's so engrossing and. It's just, you know, things like old media can't compete with it. Yeah. And a lot of times you have to read, too. I mean, for a lot of games, it's like it's a mm-hmm. lot of reading and you don't really I mean, you're getting a lot of information that you're having to absorb and pay attention to. So I feel like cognitively, it's got to be good for you, you know, as you get older, keeping your functions all together. I feel like it's got to right. help, you know. Yeah, I mean, I basically learned how to drive by playing Crazy Taxi Driver. <laughs> Crazy <laughs> Taxi was one of driver. my favorite games. They had, what was the, was it Offspring was one of the songs that they had on there? Yeah, it was exactly. Just, I just still like, that song just sticks out in my brain. I can't even remember which song it is, but as soon as you said that, I thought immediately Offspring. Um, Crazy Taxi, wow. That's funny. Uh, so creating toys and stuff like that, are you, do you have any, have you ever created like a your own piece of intellectual property that you know you'd want to put in comic books or branch out and do something else with or uh, yeah i okay so in web 1.0 mm-hmm. i i created a, a toy <laughs> a fake toy company called gobbler toys g-o-b-l-e-r G-O-B-L-E-R. and and it was uh it was huge it it, it was uh I was like one of the websites of the year in entertainment weekly. And I was also on MTV and, and it was just this fake toy company with these insane toys. And for a while, probably five years had a good run where I was making toys that, uh, actually Funko made one of the toys (laughs) and, uh, another company made some of the toys. Like I had a toy called Kiki, the fashion Tiki. And it was a parody of Barbie, but it was a, it was the ugliest right. thing you've ever seen. I mean, it was a wooden tiki with, with Barbie hair and a dress. <laughs> you know, so there's just these weird, insane toys. And and 
uh, I just kind of let it die. I, I had a partner with it who I actually work with now designing real toys. And, um, I, and I just let it, I, I got married, I got a family, <laughs> you know, things, I let that go by the wayside. And, and then, you know, from the ashes of that, I created the art career with the peanuts and all that. So that, that was my IP that I did and it, it did well for a while. And, but you know, it's like probably if I had the right thing, I would do it again, but I, I haven't been looking at it that way. So it's almost like the, like the garbage pail version of like toys kind of. Yeah, exactly. Like I had a toy called senior sandwich and it was a salami scented pool toy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and, uh, it's just her Johnny voodoo. How do you get it to smell like uh, salami? <laughs> uh, it was just uh, that that one wasn't actually made. Oh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't even think the web. I, it's on Facebook still, but I, I just you know I haven't contributed to it in years. But you know, I'm just always trying different things, different angles. You know, it's like probably uh, I'll probably circle back to something that's more content driven in the future. But now I'm just it's like I'm enjoying what I do, so. You know, I don't strive to do anything else at the moment. So what's the process behind the art that you make now? Because it looks like it's got to be time consuming. Um, like, say, for instance, like, let's take like a one of the cartridge pieces that you do, like one of the like, let's say that um, like the Mario Kart 64 one that you did. How long does a piece like that take and what's the, the process behind it? Uh, so what I do is I have an iPad Pro and I take a photo of the cartridge and then I just draw on top of the cartridge and I kind of, you know, I'll, I'll do research and find like Donkey Kong in his cart or Baby Diddy Kong or whoever, I can't even remember. And and then I'll draw it and then then I, uh, it's 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 all tied together. So then, then I get the cartridge. So I do a lot of drawings and research before I actually cut into the cartridge. And then once I do, it's just, Pretty much, uh, I've laid out the roadmap for exactly what I'm going to do for the piece. Like right now, I'm doing Metroid, mm. and Love Metroid. and uh, and I did a lot of research, and I have uh, I have like uh, I'm tr- I'm trying to I have different ways to do it. Like I use different clays, and I I, I don't know. So basically, I build all everything in 3D on the cartridge, and, and then I paint it like a painting. So even stuff that's 3D, I paint it like a painting, so it looks hyper 3D. Right. So it it gives like a nice feel of things like coming out of it. It's kind of and, and it's fun. Like right, I have the uh, sorry, I have a list of um, commissions like I'm like 20 deep for these because people and I'm doing Xbox commissions and just I'm doing I just got an ET commission for for Atari this morning. Oh, nice. So <laughs> and. So when you get these pieces, are you like, are you like, yes, I get to figure out how to do this? Or are you like, what, what's the thought process behind that? Like, where, is it excitement? Is it like, is it more like curiosity or like, how am I going to do this? Or what's like, what is the, what goes through your head when you <laughs> okay, get the commission? Okay, okay. So, so it's, it's divided into two things. Like one is money and, and the other part is art. So like later in the year, like halfway through this year, I'm going to stop taking commissions and I have an art show in LA and I'm going to do like my own artistic type cartridge stuff. But for now I'm just doing everybody else's for money. Mm. And I just got, I just recently got divorced and I have to raise a lot of money for alimony. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
but w- ones that I'm going to do, I, I like to do like stories. So I, I look at a cartridge and it's like, so I'm doing a, a Dr. Mario one and I'm doing an excite bike. So, and this is my personal one that I'm doing for the art show. So I have Dr. Mario coming out of his cartridge and the excite bike guys like has come out of his and wrecked and he's like laying on the ground bleeding. And then Dr. Mario is like administering care to him. That's awesome. And, and, and that's like a scene. So I'm, that's what I'm doing for my own artwork. And uh, ones like that where there's like, I'd done one where I had duck hunt and I had the dog from duck hunt shooting uncle Scrooge in, in the DuckTales cartridge. <laughs> so, I, I feel like you could do <laughs> some, some really wild shit with that. Like, cause there's so yeah, many different so that's, cool that's, cartridges and, and, and artwork on there. Like I'm, I'm yeah, trying to think of paper me of, boy. Like, old, exactly old old warner brothers cartoons where they would have like they would go through a grocery store and they would have like sardines coming out of the can and the sardines were doing something and you know another guy coming out of another can was interacting with them so i want to do something like that now you said that you're going to be doing an art show in la coming up yes in and november in november mm-hmm. where is that at Oh, it's a gallery 1988. It's a pop culture gallery out there. Okay. No, I was just, I was just asking just because I've, I used to live in LA and so we've got some listeners, we got some listeners in LA. So if anybody's in the LA area in November, go check that out. Um, Yeah, they're pretty good pop. They're kind of one of the first pop culture galleries. Really nice people. I love LA. I'm, I, I just can't live there anymore, but I, we used to live there. (laughs) for a long time and uh i couldn't live there either <laughs> no it's great to visit i love going there to visit but it's just one of those things it's like i could not go back and live i mean maybe outside of the city of la but it's just in the we and we were in the valley which was super crowded all the time um i wanted to you said something a couple minutes ago that i w- didn't want to forget about but you had said that you make when you're painting the like the cartridges or the art on the cartridges you make it t- to look like hyper 3d or, or i'm not, I can't remember what the phrase you used was. Right, 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 but, right. Hyper realistic. Yeah. So I was going to say that it, it's crazy when you look at it. Like if you look at it straight on, it does, it almost looks like it's it's flat, flush with the, the cartridge. And then as soon as you kind of get that angle on it, you can see all the detail. And so it's I, I, it's just really unique the way that you do that. So I just wanted to give you props for that before I forgot. So. Oh, thanks. Well, it's because I've had no formal training in it. So oh. <laughs> I'm just kind of making it up as I go along. Oh, really? Yeah. So where, how do you... I never you... took painting. I never took sculpture. Any YouTube videos or anything like that? Or are you just kind of figuring it no, out? No. What, what, what happened was I, I never sculpted. And then I started doing those um, peanuts. And then... I started having to add clay to them because sometimes a peanut wouldn't be like a certain shape. So, I'd, and that's how I learned. I just from doing a little sculpting on there, I learned sculpting, and then it just got more intricate. So then I, I moved over to different things, like the cartridges. Have you ever? So had what, I, what I do is I I'll, I'll have like a leg. I'll have like a Metroid. You know, the leg of uh, I can't remember what's the guy's name in Metroid on the cover. I think it's woman. Samus. Sam, Sam, Samus. So I have the leg coming out of the cartridge and, and it's sculpted in 3d, but then I'll actually paint it. So it has shading on it. So it's even more 3d. So it's like double, double 3d. 
I found that it just looks better that way for some reason. It doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> Have you ever had somebody ask you to to do something that you were just like that you just straight up said no? Like was it just like like a, Hitler, like a Hitler peanut? Oh really? No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, you know what's weird is I I've actually during the whole Me Too movement, I kind of went down a list and and a lot of people. Have had me make like Harvey Weinstein's daughter hired me like two years ago or about to make a peanut of him for his birthday. She gave it to him as a gift. Oh shit, really? And this is right before it happened. Right before. And the, the whole time I was working on it, I'm like, I don't like I didn't know it really anything about him, but I'm like, I'm I'm not going to show this to anyone. <laughs> it's yeah. just it doesn't it doesn't. There's something about this guy that just seems creepy. I mean, what you want to talk about? like a face translating into artwork that guy he had he had a mug like yeah he had a face that only like a mother could love and he just i could i i guess he's lucky that he had a lot of money but apparently now he's it's luck's run out but that's kind (laughs) of crazy yeah that you you commissioned a peanut piece of him he's got the perfect body for a peanut i feel like (laughs) Oh yeah. No, but normally when somebody wants to hire, hire me and I don't want to do it, I put a crazy price on it. Mm. So if they come back and say, Hey, okay, that, that price is fine. It's like, at least I have the money right, to ease right. the pain of making it. What would be something that you wouldn't want to do? And like, why? Uh, you know, I mean, there's certain things like wedding cake toppers. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I, I will only make those for like somebody hired me recently to make one and she's a very nice woman and she's hired me to make things for her in the past. So I'm doing it because she's nice and I like her. Yeah. But other than that, it's like, you know, it just, there's no interest at all. It just bores me. Yeah. Nah, I mean, if you're going to be doing artwork, I feel like it would, it should be stuff that you're interested in and that you're going to want to do. If you're bored by yeah. it, it's not, I mean, it's going to come across when you're, when you're making it and this is coming from somebody who's has zero artistic ability so <laughs> i know what i'm talking about no um, i know you only have x amount of time in your life and right it's like you really want to look back and say damn i did that wedding dress well right. i really did a good job on the wedding <laughs> <laughs> oh man now have you done any like I, I i like those like the budweiser can that you did has anybody ever approached you to do like advertising for their their beer or anything like that with these this artwork because i feel like that would be uh, a, a huge market for chiba choose you know who they are i so i i'm a big pot smoker i love chiba uh-huh. choose are one of the only for whatever reason when i take edibles i can sit there mm-hmm. and eat 250 milligrams to a thousand milligrams and it won't do anything <laughs> for me you give me one tiny chiba chew and i'm wrecked <laughs> so I, i'm very familiar with chiba chews yeah so Chib- they hired me to make a, a monster like a giant chiba chew for them that was kind of fun that's awesome that would be like, yeah, that would be when, for me as an artist, that would be when I knew I made it, is when Chibachu asked me to do something. Um, yeah. So uh, a lot of, it's a, a lot of nut companies, a lot of like almond milk companies and have hired me in the past. Like Planters Peanuts hired me to make certain things. Mm. Um, it's fun, you know. It's like, I pretty much never say no to anything because it could lead down to something. 
and most most avenues are dead ends but occasionally something happens that's great from doing something right well never know so. i mean you're on this podcast right now so you you said yes to that yeah exactly <laughs> yeah you probably exactly. probably made a mistake yeah. but you know harvey, harvey weinstein could be listening to this from, from prison Oh, <laughs> if Harvey Weinstein is listening to this in prison, I, then I mean, I think I've done my job. That's, I think that's my target demographic is, is sex, sex offenders, disgraced millionaires in prison. Um, so before we start wrapping it up, I, I always like to give my guests an opportunity to, you know, tell any stories I want to tell or, you know, kind of tell people where they can find you or if there's anything that you wanted to talk about that we haven't gotten to um i'd like to give you the opportunity to kind of air your air your piece so is there anything that you <laughs> wanted to say before we finish up here shortly well you're kind of putting me on the spot because um i have many many stories but they're not all accessible at the moment <laughs> uh uh you don't well, have to. I, mean, I always just like to give people the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, basically, um, you know, I'm on Instagram and uh, I, I post things on there occasionally. Like uh, I was just on some ABC television show. So I have a link to it on there so you can go and watch that. It's like four minutes long. And I'm currently in an art show in Australia. And there, there's a link on my Instagram page. If you want to look at pieces on there, it's a miniature show. I mean, that one other thing I do is I, I paint on Tic Tacs. I saw that. And I forgot. That. Yeah. I and to it, talk it's to not that too. Yeah. I don't, I don't use real Tic Tacs, but I use the container like a diorama mm -hmm. and, and I actually hand sculpt little Tic Tacs and I paint on them. And it, it just, uh, for some reason, that's my favorite thing to do. All the artwork that I do, I just like making these little tiny things cause they're, they're just funny. It's like whenever you take something and especially like hideous things and make them tiny, they're, they're just cute no matter <laughs> there's no way around it so you like so. that more are you like I'm, I'm one of those people i can't stand tedious like if it's it's something that i have to do meticulous and like be hyper focused on are you one of those people that like it seems like you'd have to be if you like doing those tiny tiny little works of art you would have to be into details yes and, and it's like something that i had i had no idea i i could like paint tiny like or see really small, like I, my whole life, I had no idea. And then one day I just started doing it. It's like, holy crap. You know, I could paint on a grain of rice if I wanted. And it, I don't use lenses or anything. No. It's just, I have super close up vision that I, but my far away vision is horrible. So, <laughs> so how do you, when, how, when you're compensating, when you're painting that small or doing stuff that small, like how does that even, how do you even get, like, how do you get everything to do what you want it to do? Like, do you... <laughs> I don't know. And the funniest thing is my, I have the stubbiest, like fattest fingers, but for some reason I got these like brushes and they have like Fred Flintstone handles. They're, they're really chunky brushes with a tiny, tiny tip. And I figured out a way that I could hold them. And it's almost like a little machine. <laughs> it's like a, a plotting, you know what a plotter is? Mm -mm. Those old printers. That, oh, so yeah, my hand, okay. My hand's like a plotter, and I just hold that tiny tic tac, and I just bam, 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 like paint this little thing on there. And it doesn't take me very long either—maybe no. an hour to do one. 
like one little whole TikTok, tick TikTok, TikTok, TikTok diary. Yeah, with the yeah, and it's like you know I I, I charge a lot of money for those and and I, I you know it's basically they're paying for the fact that I can paint that small, not how long it takes me. I know. I was gonna say, don't tell people how long it takes you. They're gonna try to yeah. to lowball you now. Like it only, <laughs> only takes you an hour. Right, then I then I just won't do them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, but that, that the show in Australia is that I, I finally uh, publicly am exhibiting these tiny tic tac boxes, and and they, so far I've sold three out of six of them. So mm. there's three more for sale in there. All right. Well, I feel like that's a, a good place to kind of wrap it up, Steve. It was awesome talking to you. Uh, I always yeah, like talking to talking toy collectors to and and. If to my listeners, if you're listening to this and you haven't checked out Steve Casino's Instagram page, go check it out. You won't be disappointed. If bonus points, if you do like a little bit of acid, you're probably gonna enjoy it a lot more. Um, but it, no, it's in all seriousness, it's it's awesome artwork. I really enjoy people who do unique things because um, we, like I said, we like to celebrate pop culture on the show. And especially if you're doing something that's not you don't see every day. I mean, you could you could just be out there painting pop culture pictures and and doing stuff like that. But I feel like what you're doing is a lot more time consuming and it's a lot more unique and creative. And I think uh, we need more people like that in this world. Thank so, you. Steve, really appreciate you coming on. Um, and I'll hopefully we can do this again sometime. And uh sure. If you haven't checked out Steve Casino on Instagram, check him out. Give him a follow. And, uh, yeah. So thanks again for coming on, and I'll talk to you later. Okay. Take care. See ya. That's our show for this week. Thanks again for tuning in. Appreciate you. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Subscribe. Give us a five-star review. It helps me out. Helps me out tremendously. Go through our website when you can ittybittypodcast.com everything goes through there that's where I have my ads that way this show doesn't have ads on there um, appreciate everybody for listening to the show we've got a bunch of cool guests lined up uh, it's just a matter of getting the interviews recorded so uh, so far we've got um, a lot of confirmed guests that we're just waiting to set up a time so I've got a lot of cool stuff coming your way in the near future I promise and yeah we'll talk to you next week 